Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. The year 2020 has come to mean a lot of things for many people. For some, it's meant hardship. For others, it's brought setbacks. And sadly, for a lot of people, 2020 has been a year of devastating health issues. If there's one word that captures the year 2020, it's the word risk. Risk is nothing new. It's been ever-present, but this year has seen some risks that would have been considered low probability to come true. If you told me this time last year that hotel occupancy would fall globally into single digits, I would have laughed. If you told me the airline industry would shrink by more than 50%, I would have said you're mad, but here we are. The fact is, most of us are not trained in how to assess risk or manage risk. And for that reason, I'm hosting a free one-hour risk management webinar on the evening of October 15th. In that workshop, I'm going to give you the tools to recognize risk, categorize it, quantify it, and plan for it. Now, if you can't make it, or if you want to review the material for a second time, we will be recording the talk. To register, go to victorjm.com events. That's victorjm.com events. Now, today's another AMA episode, Ask Me Anything, and I'd love to answer your questions. And if you have a question you think is going to be of broad interest, send it in. I'll answer it live on the air. Send your questions to victor at victorjm.com. That's victor at victorjm.com. Now, Carla asks, my husband and I are renting out our old house. In the process of switching from a homestead home to a rental home, I'm doing due diligence. What are your recommendations regarding requesting quotes for rental home insurance? What are the often overlooked things that we should be paying attention to when deciding the insurance company? Thank you. I appreciate your time. Well, Carla, this is a great question. I'm not an insurance expert by any means, and I certainly don't want you to make any insurance decisions based on something you heard on a podcast. But I am happy to share what I know so that you can ask some good questions of your insurance broker. Rental insurance comes in a couple of different flavors. A single-family home could fall under a residential policy, and many insurance companies offer a consumer product that's geared toward this type of property. But understand that these policies resemble a residential policy more than a commercial policy. Some residential insurance policies allow you to add a second or even a third rental property to your domestic homeowner policy. They can sometimes be bundled with the insurance policy of your primary residence. A proper commercial policy is focused on insuring not just the physical asset, in this case the home, but the breadth of the business. And when you've got a rental property, you're in the rental business and you want to insure the business, not just the house. Policy might include a loss of rents clause, whereas a residential policy may or may not. Recognizing that this is a rental property means that if you had a fire or flood, and let's say the property couldn't be inhabited for six months during the repair process, you would still need to pay your mortgage and you would need to pay property taxes. Some companies will sell mortgage insurance separately, or they'll have a loss of rents clause to cover that kind of eventuality. The second thing to consider is the style of policy. Some policies are drafted as named peril policies, and this type of policy insures against specific named risks. For example, there could be coverage for fire, for flood, vandalism, and so on. But if that risk isn't listed, you're not insured. The second type of policy is a broad form policy. In in a broad form policy, you're covered for everything except specific exclusions. For example, you might be insured for anything except, say, named storms. So if a storm is given a name like Hurricane Laura or Tropical Storm Beta, you would not be covered in that instance. 
The number one risk in the insurance industry is water damage. and Water damage results in more claims than any other category. It's more than fire and it's more than theft. So don't be surprised to see higher deductibles for those risks. There's often a link between the deductible you're going to pay and the premium you're going to pay on the policy. So don't be surprised to see more exclusions or specific conditions under which the insurance coverage is limited. Insurance is incredibly complex. You're looking for layers of protection. You're looking to insure the property, but you're also looking to insure yourself. Insurance is your first line of defense, but it doesn't pay out in all cases. And since the property is being held in your names personally, you do have some risk of being sued personally. If a tenant slips and falls in a bathtub, you might be surprised to get a lawsuit. Insurance on the property may not protect you from being sued personally, and you may want to pay close attention to the liability portion of the policy to understand the exclusions. Now, when I get a quote from an insurance company, I always ask to see a copy of the full policy. This request is usually met with surprise from the insurance broker. The rate sheet rarely lists the terms of the policy. It maybe provides a summary of coverage limits, but you can't cover the full depth of a policy in just one or two pages. For example, one of my insurance policies is over 110 pages. Just the general liability portion of the policy alone is 56 pages. Insurance companies are great at selling you on fear. For example, I was recently offered a supplemental insurance to cover damage from riots. And of course, we've seen a few riots happening across the United States. But this insurance would only kick in if the riot damage exceeded $110 billion in national riot damage in aggregate in a single year. The first $110 billion in riot relief would come from the government, and the insurance would kick in after that. How much would the insurance company charge for this amazing protection? $150. Yes, they would gladly take my $150. Most clients would never bother to actually read what they're getting for their $150. It's a policy that would be virtually impossible to collect on, and if you did manage to collect, it would be years after the event. Again, my objective in this discussion isn't to tell you what kind of insurance to get, it's to let you know there's choices. Unfortunately, there's no shortcut to truly understanding the insurance coverage that's being offered, asking lots of questions of your broker, and reading the policy is the path to understanding the best type of insurance to buy. I want to thank you, Carla, for a great question. And for the listeners at home, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.